Hey folks, this week we've got Josh Butler on the show. He is obviously leading AOI. Last time we uh, had an AOI contender on was John Hunter. The James River did not go super well for him. So I'm hopeful that I'm not creating a jinx here. Uh, But either way, we're having Josh on the show. He is an interesting guy. He has had a super good year. He's a super good fisherman. And uh, it's happening really fast for him. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, So anyway, we talk about how he got here, how the year's gone, a lot of stuff. Josh kind of can talk forever, which is great. Uh, So it's a pretty long show. And I hope folks enjoy it. As far as tournaments, not a lot going on right now. We've got July 4th coming up. I think we actually have zero tournaments this weekend, which is, you know, kind of stunning in the uh, scheme of things. And really the Pro Circuit and uh, the Bass Pro Tour and all that jazz are kind of in a bit of a layoff, which uh, will be nice uh, to allow me to catch up on some stuff. But uh, anyway, here is Josh Butler, your current Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit AOI leader. Alrighty, we are joined now by Josh Butler from Hayden, Alabama, who is currently leading AOI on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit a sophomore pro. I mean, Josh, you have been, you've been on fire this year. You're ahead of Michael Neal. Your worst finish is 55th. You've made the top 10 twice. I mean, you are cooking. So I guess congratulations on that, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to talk like about this year and just sort of, I, I guess how well things are going. Cause I know you've had some good years before, but not against this caliber. Well, maybe, maybe against some anglers of this caliber because you're from Alabama, but not against, not in in this level of competition. But uh, how did you like get started in bass fishing? Was it just that you went down to the pond, or you had you know your grandfather or your dad or your mom take you fishing, and it just snowballed from there? Like what was what was the genesis of Josh Butler? possible AOI contender here <laughs> um yeah I guess uh we could start out I mean when I was a little kid I mean I remember hearing stories I guess you would say uh being like two and three years old always fishing trying to fish um going to the pond with my life jacket and my little snoopy rod I guess you would say but uh I've always loved to fish um my dad bought a little boat when we was about 10 or 11 we fished for two or three years and then um I started picking up golf um, and I actually played golf all through college or uh, high school and then ended up playing two years in college. And once we started playing golf, I guess you would say we kind of sold the boat and started playing golf. So I kind of quit fishing, um, freshwater fishing. We still had a saltwater boat that we went and I love the saltwater fish. But um, I would say after that two years of playing college golf, um, kind of got burnt out on that just wanted to be a college kid went to Alabama uh college fishing was starting up then I guess you would say but I think to join the team in Alabama I think you actually had to own your own boat possibly not 100% sure on that but I just 
enjoyed being a college kid. And then once I graduated, started working uh, at the family business, asphalt paving, and uh, saved up some money and actually bought my first boat, I guess you would say, and then started fishing. Um, and I guess after I quit playing golf, I'm a real competitive person, I guess you would say. So I needed something to stretch that itch. And so when I bought my first boat, started fishing, I started fishing tournaments. And then that was like 2011, I would say. And I just kind of took it from there. And now here we are. So you're, let's see, so you're 35 now, just recently. And you have been, let's see, 2011. So you've basically been tournament fishing for like, let's say pretty seriously for 10 11 years like that's that's a pretty quick come up (laughs) that's awesome yeah yeah i mean i i put a lot of time into it and i guess you could say i'm a semi quick learner i guess you would say but whenever you enjoy something have a passion for it i mean i just i ate it up i guess you would say and spent a lot of time on the water different bodies of water and it's that competitiveness i guess you would say that probably pushed me and advanced me further along probably quickly i guess you would say i mean because whenever you go and fish and get your teeth kicked in i'm not gonna lie i didn't like it very much so it would like push me that much harder to learn and i guess get better because i don't like to lose i guess you would say so um i would say that was the driving force about coming up I guess rather quickly, as you would say. You might have like hit it at a pretty good time too, because I, I maybe I'm speculating a little on this, but like I know you like fishing offshore, and you're in Alabama, Correct. and there was a time period where, for a while, you know, putting your time in on the ledges was like a really good route to success. Like it was kind of the dominant route, and if you hit it at that time, I could see you putting in a lot more hours behind the steering wheel than like anyone else in the field. Absolutely. Well, and and it's funny because whenever I started fishing, it wasn't an offshore deal for me. Um, I was fishing a lot on the Coosa, a lot of dams and tail races, current based. Um, And I would say I did fish Gunnersville a lot, but I really didn't really get started offshore fishing, I would say, until about the summer of 16, maybe. So it actually took me a little while to start that offshore, but once I started it, I loved it. And then I started putting that much more time into it. And then I would say from like 16 to 18, I was putting three and 400 hours every summer on my boat on all the TVA lakes, just because I, I just ate it up. I loved it. That's cool. I wish, uh, I have always wished I had that level of patience. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's like the thrill of discovery. But I've always wished I was someone who could idle for like hours in a day and not get Correct. bored. Because yeah, it bores me to death. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's the same way with like Gunnersville. Obviously, come September, October, I mean, it's hard to beat the guys slipping grass. Well, see, that's I'm like that when it comes to flipping grass because you could flip four miles of grass for four hours and not get a bite and then hit a 20-yard section and then, boom, you get 
you can catch 25 pounds. I hate doing that. But <laughs> offshore, it's like you kind of said, it's the thrill of discovery. Like, I want to try to find something that no one else has found, I guess you would say. And I know if I was to be practicing for an upcoming event or something, if I could find one school of fish that no one might not have found or knew about, I knew I could win the tournament possibly off that one spot. So, you know, just finding those groups of fish, I mean, if I only find three fish in one day, then, you know, that's enough to last probably in a multi-day event type deal, especially if they're off the beaten path. So I just kind of look at it as a numbers game. I would much rather fish for a school of 50 than I would going down the bank and catching, um, I guess you would say one here, one there. So that's kind of how I started on the offshore deal. What's the, uh, what's like the coolest school or maybe the best school that you found, you know, one you either got to yourself for a while or just was absolutely loaded with giants. Like you got to have one that you can think back on and be like, that was, that was the dream. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I found, shoot, there's been days where you catch five-pounder after five-pounder. And I would say that was probably in, like, the 16, 17 years. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of schools out there where you catch nothing but giants. Uh, there was a school one time where I probably caught, like, four limits over 25 pounds in one day. Oh uh, and probably like a three-hour day. Yeah, I mean, but that was back when offshore fishing was semi-still cool, I guess you would say. And now it's not so cool because everybody is doing it, I guess you would say. And I've kind of joked with people now, like on Gunnersville, you very easily can get your teeth kicked in in July, in June, even on Gunnersville, by someone just going and fishing the bank because those fish aren't getting the pressure now that the offshore fish are getting. Used to, it was more like 70% were on the bank fishing where only maybe a quarter of the field was out fishing offshore so you could bounce around. And then as it progressively got later and secret was really, really out because I was late coming into it as well. I would say that now it's probably like the opposite. 75% of the people are trying to fish offshore where only 25% are on the bank fishing that five to eight foot range, I guess you would say. So now, I mean, it's one of those type deals, but I still, if, if there's fish to be found offshore, that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely, I, I can see that. And like, even this spring, you know, at Gunnersville, granted, it's definitely more in the spring, but in right. in years past, I mean, that tournament could have been dominated offshore. Like, we've seen plenty of, you know, the first week of ledge season tournaments on Kentucky Lake or Pickwick or something just turn into all-out, you know, 100% ledge deals. And, you know, in that one, yeah, you know, Bobby Lane and Ron Nelson were fishing the bank, and they had a shot going into the final day. Oh, yeah. I think uh, we talked before the event, and I said it could absolutely be one in two foot of water on brim beds. And sure enough, that's what I believe those two guys were doing. Um, but if we would have had current that week, 
I don't know if any of those guys would have been able to make the top ten. The lack of current we had, if we would have had current, that actually kept those fish from getting out. I want to say it was like a week after we was there, we had a good bit of rain, and they was running like forty to 60,000. I heard, I and I haven't been back to Gunnersville since we actually fished there, but I heard there was multiple, multiple people catching 22 to 25 pounds offshore. It wasn't even a week, week and a half after we was there. And I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. I think I might have been up at the James River pre-practicing, and they were smashing them on Gunnersville. But if we would have had some current in that tournament, I, I think you would have saw someone break 100 pounds for sure because we hit it almost perfect. I think the lack of current actually kept those fish from coming out there to us. But it was still a good tournament. Good tournament. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And I think you might be right because, like, I remember, I think very shortly after that, like, Laker Howell, every time I saw a photo on the, on the internet, it was, like, all five-pounders. <laughs> we definitely missed that one by, like, a week. <laughs> Yes, I mean one week later, you had def- it would have definitely taken over a hundred pounds. That, that would have been sweet. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Back to the golf. So I think at Sam Rayburn, you might have like sort of snuck up on a bunch of guys and beat them at golf, if I'm remembering correctly. How good? How good uh, were you? <laughs> um, I mean, I I would say I was probably about a plus one seven, maybe almost plus two at one time. Um, so I was, you know, I'm, I'm from a small town at Hayden, Alabama. I mean, we don't have any golf courses. Uh, you got a lot of country clubs like Birmingham, which are 30 minutes away, but I was always a Muni kid. I played the municipal golf courses. I was never a member. I never had lessons, you know, so I was a little bit behind the curve, I guess you would say as compared to a bunch of people. And, uh, but I ended up taking a scholarship to community college, uh, about 25 minutes from the house, uh, Wallace State, and uh, they had been known to have a really good golf program, and uh, obviously that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I played for two years, and uh, it just I was I was a good golfer. I was not a great golfer, and I know it sounds funny listening. You know, you hear people say, "Well, that's a great golfer," but I play with guys now that are on the PGA tour and, you know, mini tours and stuff like that. And the difference between them and myself, it was like daylight and dark. So it was one of those deals. Like I knew I was not good enough, I guess you would say to play professionally. So it was one of those deals. I was, I just decided to kind of give it up, I guess you would say, and still play for fun. But I just knew it wasn't going to, take me anywhere so i just kind of i wanted to be a college kid i'm not gonna lie kind of got burned out but i wanted to be a college kid so i just kind of gave up on it but yeah rayburn that was fun uh the day it got canceled i think it was me and let's see bobby bobby lane chris lane cal lane maybe lucas uh it was actually me and lucas played as a team but uh i think skeet and jimmy and Aaron Brent, maybe uh, Rob. But, yeah, I mean, it was fun. I think, yeah, me and Lucas, we, we kind of whooped up on them a little bit. And it's kind of ironic I haven't been asked to play with them since. So <laughs> I don't know if I hurt myself or not. But uh, we had a great time. It was a, it was a good time. Did, sure. uh, did they all know that you 
golfed in college on scholarship when you started or not? <laughs> I told them before we started, and they were like, I don't care. And it was right. it just kind of turned into it. And I was like, well, I don't have any clubs. They were like, well, you can use ours. So I think we golfed out of uh, in between Bobby and Chris's bag and just using random clubs. But uh, I was like, all right, well, let's go. They just – so that was it. We went out there and played, and uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, good competitive vibe going on, and uh, a lot of fun. Nice. Well, so you got getting tired of golf is not the right word, but you got you got out of golf. Do you see you see fishing differently? You've been doing this for a while. You are now you're not on scholarship. Like you're paying your own money and entry fees to do this. This is this is a different level of like skill level for you aptitude and just interest right like you can it's definitely a separate more uh you know something you're more driven for now absolutely i mean it's just that competitive vibe i just love being outdoors always have um you know they say i get it from my grandfather he was avid outdoorsman um and i just love being outside seeing the sun come up i mean there's just something about being connected with everything i mean it's uh no i made up with it i'm not gonna lie i i absolutely love it and you know this is something that i definitely want to pursue and keep on doing as long as i you know i guess i'm physically capable of doing it yeah i mean i made up with it i guess you would say nice well how about tell me about this year so we've talked a little bit about how last year like I mean, honestly, having your first year rolling out a 63rd place finish in AOI, you know, your rookie year, especially, you know, you qualified in 2020. That was like, that was one of the weaker Toyota series divisions that we've had that year. We didn't have huge participation. Like it wasn't like you beat one of those, you know, 200 boat fields of old, right? Like it was, you could have, you could have come into this and, if it taken you a couple of years to sort of get on your feet, like I don't think anyone would have, any, nobody would have thought anything less of you. And correct, you rolled in, you finished sixty third last year, which is good. And then you're leading AOI right now. There's a real solid chance you'll win AOI. And I mean, you're just fishing incredibly. Did you did you see this level of like this level of excellence coming at the end after the end of last year? Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I did. Um, I'm not going to lie. I know what I'm capable of. I feel like in a multi-day event, a three- or four-day event, I'll actually get stronger as we go on, I guess you would say. But, no, I mean, I never expected to be leading AOI going into the final event. Um, I knew last year I felt like it was horrendous. I mean, I know it sounds bad to say that, but I – I just didn't catch them last year, which there was a big learning curve. You know, the whole only two days of practice on a bunch of new bodies of water, big lakes. I had to learn how to practice efficiently. You know, I didn't really start learning that until semi the end of the year, I guess you would say. Uh, There was a lot. There was a big learning curve from last year. But this year, I mean, it seems like this year's more like the year 2020 I had. I mean, 2020, it seemed like I could just about do no wrong. And this year, I mean, every decision I make, it just seemed it's 
kind of compounding into, you know, it's working out, I guess you would say. Um, so, I mean, I, I knew I could do it. I knew I could compete. But did I expect it to happen this fast? I'd be lying if I said I did. Um, this year you said like everything's working out, and I know, you know, I remember when Neil won AOI. Like every tournament, he had some story about like how he did something stupid and caught a four pounder. It seemed like has it yep. kind of been like that for you? Where I I don't want to say you've gotten lucky, but like stuff has just happened, or has. Or, or, or is it not like that? <laughs> no, it's definitely been like that. I mean, it's funny. Uh, Rayburn, um, first day of the tournament, I think you actually pulled up on me and told me to catch like five and, you know, 15 minutes. I had like 11, 12 pounds or whatever I had. And it was funny. I was running down the lake. It was like 11 o'clock, having upgraded nothing. And I saw like a 12-pounder floating on top of the water. I turned around, grabbed it. And it was still alive. It had like a two pound crappie like sideways in its mouth. You know, I didn't have a marshal, which, you know, it is what it is, but Laramie Strickland was around and the fish was still alive and I picked it up and then he's like, Did you not just catch that? I said, No, you did you not see me turn around, you know? And it I picked it, I netted it, got the crappie out of its mouth. Whether or not the fish kinda lived, I I don't know. I tried to revive him and everything, but it was just like I don't know if it was a good type deal but i released him now whether or not she lived i don't know but it was funny the next brush pile i pull up in i catch like a seven pounder you know and it's like wow. maybe it's just some good karma you know because you know no one would have known i'm not saying i would ever do this and i'm not I'm, I'm hoping no one would ever do that in our tournaments but you know it would have been very easily just i could have put that in there the live well or whatever but i ended up calling daniel and i was like hey if y'all see a 12 pounder come to the scales and it looks like it's beat up i said it was out there floating in the middle of the lake alive. So I let Daniel know after all that, that it was funny. I caught a seven pounder right after that. And then about an hour later, I caught one like six and that was at Rayburn. Um, and then I'm trying to think, uh, the last hour of the Harris chain, I caught all of my weight both days. Uh, got on the, a swim jig bike real shallow. It seems like they was really pushing up around that, two o'clock range so that was pretty cool um trying to think of the third one pickwig same thing happened there i broke off a few fish up in the horseshoe on the second day came back down i caught a three pounder on a cypress tree and i had a late day but i only had four fish and i fished for like the last three hours without a bite and with like 25 minutes to go i pulled up just on a bluff wall threw a drop shot caught a one almost three pounds to finish out my limit um like 25 minutes before i had to be in and then let's see at gunnersville same thing kind of i broke down actually the third day i don't know how many people actually know that i remember that and yeah. i was on the phone with mercury and everything and trying to get it diagnosed i couldn't figure it out so i had my callan in the floor of my boat i was pretty much dead i just got off the phone with becker and he was actually going to pick my fish up. And I was like, well, I got like 20 minutes and I'm just out here in the middle. Let me just fish down this ledge. And I'm fishing down through there and I catch like a three and a quarter, three and a half pounder on a drop shot to call out like a two and a quarter, two and a half. If I didn't catch that fish, I mean, we're talking, it would have been within an ounce or two probably of me just making the cut. So, I mean, it was definitely crazy. 
same thing at the James, second day. Uh, you know, I had that unfortunate mishap with some fish care issues, but I was coming back in and I was like, well, that piling over there, that looks good. I'll pull up, first cast, catch one like almost four. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely went my way this year. Um, but you just take that and you run with it. You know, I'm not going to discount it. I'm going to embrace it. And, you know, hopefully I, the luck continues. Um, but it's been a phenomenal year, and I'm just trying to trust my gut. And I'm fishing free, and it just seems like right now it's working out. And it, I'm not going to lie, it does seem like I can't do no wrong. Nice. That's, it's got to be an incredible feeling to go out fishing and just, and, and just, it sounds like you just know that you're going to catch them, you know, and I, I guess maybe there'll be a day when you don't, but for now, like you might as well just keep going out every day and catching them, right? Absolutely. I mean, there, there will definitely be a day I go out there and don't catch them because anybody fishing is the most humbling sport you will probably ever compete in i guess you would say there there will be a day that i will go out there and not catch them i just hope it you know isn't at the next tournament at champlain but yeah i mean i'm just gonna go out have fun fish free fish fish loose you know i have nothing to lose i mean no one expected me to be in this position um so i have nothing to lose lose i'm just gonna go out there fish free and have fun and if it's meant to be it's meant to be that's amazing and if it's not hey it's still been one heck of a year and uh i'm i'm just gonna i'm just enjoying the ride i'm not gonna lie you said earlier that you had to sort of change how you practice um or like Mm -hmm. sort of learn how to practice and i know that you know i think for the james you went up and pre-practiced uh Mm -hmm. i think you're gonna go up to champlain or i think you said you're planning on it what's how have you molded yourself for these, you know, two practice days now? Because that's definitely a, a, a big jump from your typical local tournament where it's either like zero practice days or, you know, you could be out there three or four times a week uh, or, you know, for four or five days before the tournament if you wanted to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is going to these new bodies of water. Uh, this year I've done a lot of homework on be it google earth map studying uh looking at charts etc but really trying to i guess get familiarized with these bodies of water before i go and then whenever i go pre-practice i try to look at most of the lake i guess but i try to find the areas that i want to spend my practice in and then i narrow it down from there and i guess one thing that has kind of helped me this year is not trying to find fish, you know, 50 miles from the ramp or right, that. I haven't really put that into it. It's just trying to find that 10 mile section I want to stay in and figuring out where I try to have the best success or where I can have the best success in those tournaments and just kind of hunker down in those areas and fish and practice and try to figure out maybe just something a little bit different than maybe everybody else is doing. But I would say that was the biggest thing is just instead of trying to find fish so far spread out, really concentrate on one area of the lake, stay in that area and figure it out in that area instead of just trying to run all over the place and do what 
everybody says they should be doing. And I'm just going out there in that 10, 15, 20-mile section of lake, I guess you would say, and really just putting my head down and trying to figure it out on my own and fish how I want to fish, I guess you would say. And that's that's really helped me this year. Have there been any times where you feel like how you've wanted to fish, like definitely buck the trend this year? Because, I mean, I don't know, I guess at Pickwick, it seems like you did normal Pickwick stuff. At Gunnersville, you did normal Gunnersville stuff. But, you know, there could be other times that I'm not thinking of where, you know, you were you were on your own thing. Yeah, correct. Um, I'm trying to think, like James River, I mean, I was throwing a buzz bait, a Cinco. I mean, I threw a drop shot and a frog a little bit, but... Uh, I think everybody was pretty much about doing the same thing. Um, but Gunnersville, yeah, I was offshore. Pickwick, I I mixed it up a little bit. Uh, the first two days, I was in the horseshoe. The first day, it was really good. And the horseshoe just didn't fire this year, to be honest. I think we had a lot of rain and current this year. So it really kept those smallmouth from getting in the horseshoe like they normally would. But I knew if I grinded it out, up there i'd be able to catch a few and there wasn't very many people up there it was me and josh bragg and uh there was a few others up there but for the most part it was pretty much just me and him up there for two days but the third day i just completely scratched it because there was that 200 boat high school tournament and i think i was like in 15th 16th one the last day and i just went fishing you know, I heard some guys talking about a shad spawn, and I was like, well, I'm going to go try to find a shad spawn down here, down the river. And I literally pulled up on a bank, and I just proceeded to start catching fish, and I did that all day. Uh, so that was a little bit different than the way I'd practiced, because I didn't practice none of that hardly. And I was just fishing new water the last day on Pickwick. But, you know, the Harris chain, it was pretty much a um, swim jig flipping deal, like a good bit of people. Um, I knew I didn't want to go in the Banana Cove area because I knew it was going to get um, hammered pretty good. But uh, And then at uh, Rayburn, I did catch him on a drop shot and a crankbait, which there was some guys doing that. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty diverse of a fisherman. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they're off the bank and offshore, that's how I want to fish. More than likely, that's how I will fish. But, you know, I love flipping grass, swimming a jig, you know, fishing mid-depth, laydowns. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty diverse, so I feel like I can do a little bit of everything. And when you're catching fish, there's not a bad way to fish. So um, I just kind of go with my gut and just go fishing, I guess you would say. Um. Do you and uh, do you and Bragg uh, share info and like really really talk and dial in? Because I, I I know you guys sort of run together. Do you travel together too, or what's your what's your situation? Uh, or is it just two Joshes from yeah. Alabama and I lump them together? <laughs> no, no, uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean we we travel together, uh, share info, all that. I mean he's he's been a great asset, and you know I'm, I'd be lying if I said I'd I probably wouldn't be here without him i mean because he has turned me on to a few things and vice versa but yeah i mean we're i think we complement each other very well um i feel like neither one of us hold anything back i mean we tell everybody tell each other the whole entire story and uh you know i even he'll even i'll 
tell him where I'm catching them and vice versa, and we have enough respect, we won't come in on each other, I guess you would say, and it's been a partnership, I guess you would say, that's worked out really beneficial, I think, for the both of us, for sure. That's uh, that's cool. It feels like, especially, you know, two days of practice, uh, challenging fields, like it seems like having someone on tour that you can, you know, really 100% straight up share with is probably mm-hmm. really important. I think it's very crucial to have somebody because, I mean, I feel like if you're not, you know, getting info from another competitor then you're probably behind the eight ball because you've had guys out here that's been doing it for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. It's got really good contacts and they share info with probably there might be a group of five, six, seven of them. And, you know, they can break down a body of water very, very quickly, I guess you would say. So it's, it's almost, I'm not going to say you have to do it to be successful because I'm sure there's guys out there that, don't talk to anybody that are very successful but i feel like you just about have to in order to really compete day in day out out here is have some trust and confidence in somebody in order to do that um it's it's definitely helped me and i'd be lying if i said it didn't okay um i i guess one i i agree that you're you've got a lot of versatility right you know you've you've got that Mm -hmm. It seems like you've got the southern part of the schedule in really good shape. You and, you know, Bragg have really had great finishes, you know, on the James and on the Potomac. Uh, Florida's Florida. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great. But, like, I don't think you have a tremendous amount of experience up north. And you've got to finish out AOI on Lake Champlain. There's a lot of smallmouth. There's a lot of largemouth. What are you thinking? What are you What are you feeling? Because I know you came up here for the Toyota Series last year. What's the uh, What's your vibe heading into that final event? I'm excited. I mean, it's Champlain. What else can you say? I mean, it's. I know it's going to be a slugfest. It It is kind of one of those deals where it's a little bit of a. It's kind of a scary feeling, I guess you would say, because you could be going up there and whacking three pound smallmouth, and it's a hard feeling knowing, well, hey, these are all three pounders. I got to leave because 15 pounds at the end of the day, I'll be lucky to be in 100. So that that feeling is going to be a little odd to me, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to get up there. I mean, it's probably one of the top five fisheries in the country, bar none. I had a blast uh, when I was up there last year. Uh, what little bit I did get to fish it, uh, weather kind of impeded that a lot. But from what I saw, I love the way it's set up. Um, you know, if I had my pick of how I wanted to catch them, I'd hope to go out and catch them smallmouth out and, you know, 20 plus foot of water on some rock piles offshore. Um, I would love to do that. But, you know, I'm going to go up there with an open mind. Um, everything's going to be in play for me. I'm actually leaving uh, Friday morning. I'm going to go spend almost a week up there and I'll fish everything from Missacoy to Ty and figure out what areas of the lake I'd kind of like. Uh, I feel like Ty would be a big question mark for myself, just because I know when the wind gets up, how rough it gets. Um, but I'll probably will spend at least one day of practice down there. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping to catch them, you know, large amounts to be in play as well. Um, 
but if I had a game plan, it'd be go out, try to catch 16, 17 pounds of smallmouth, and then go try to catch, you know, those four-plus pound largemouth and eventually get up around 19 to 20 pounds a day. I feel like if I can go catch 18 and a half, 19 pounds a day, I think I'll probably may maybe be okay. I don't know how great it is up there right now, but it seems like past results that if you catch 19 a day, I think that would probably be somewhere around that top 10 mark. And oh, I yeah, feel like sure. that would give me, uh, you know, a good shot. Like 19 pounds the first day, you might be sitting in 20th. But if you catch it again, then you might be around that 10 number. And then if you catch it again, you'll probably be somewhere in that top 10 and then wait zero, and then it's anybody's game. But I would say that's my general game plan for right now. I know that's easier said than done because it's such a ginormous body of water. But uh, And then weather's going to play into it too. No one knows what the weather's going to be, you know, a month from now. So um, hopefully we have great weather. It should be more summertime. So, you know, whether or not we have any cold fronts or wind or anything like that, remains to be seen but um I, I feel like it should set up well i think the smallmouth will be out there possibly 20 30 40 foot deep and be grouped they should be grouped up by that point and uh i feel like i mean you could definitely win it on smallmouth by then because hopefully they're done offshore i guess and done fatten back up after the spawn and uh it I, i'm liking the way it's setting up personally i haven't seen it um but i feel I feel like it should suit me, I guess you would say, because yeah, I love I mean, the finesse fish. I mean, rock piles offshore, I mean, I feel like I can fish like that, and I feel like it's going to set up to be – I mean, it's going to be a blast of a tournament. It really will be. I can't wait. I, uh, I, I agree 100%, and I think that, you know, it'll – we've seen the last few years that smallmouth can be – you know, really the way to win on that lake, unlike they were in the past. And I'm not, I don't think it's a guarantee. You know, Ticonderoga is always interesting. There's big largemouth in that lake, other places too. But, you know, I mm-hmm. I think that going up with a plan of I'm going to try to catch smallmouth is maybe, it, it's, it's a safe plan, but it's also a plan that can absolutely win the tournament. And that's kind of what you need for AOI, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and that, that's my plan. I mean, is to go up there and like I said, I would love to find a place to go catch 16, 17, 18 pound smallmouth. I mean, that would be anybody's plan if anybody could go do that, obviously. But, you know, if you can find an area like that, I feel like that's just going to take some pressure off of, off of you. And then you just try to go, you know, if it's calm, go through a spook or top water or something and flip or whatever you want to do to go try to catch a big largemouth, whether it's boat docks or sailboats or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but just try to go up there. That's my game plan as of right now. Obviously, it could do a total 180, and I might be running 70 miles to go to Ty every day and flip grass. I don't know. Uh, I know Ty's been down the last few years, but I've heard, I think last year, it started making somewhat of a comeback. So... I haven't really looked at results from this year to know if they're biting down there or not, but um, it, it's interesting. I mean, me personally, I don't want to make a 70-mile run with AOI, you know, in the back of my mind as well because, I mean, everything's got to go right down there between the weather and, you know, your equipment working, which I've 
utmost confidence in my equipment, but it's it's a it's a gamble because I've heard you go down there and catch twenty pounds one day, next day you go down there and catch ten. Well, we can't do that, you know. So I want to put myself in a position to catch the most consistent bag, and then also know I have a chance to really upgrade. Because, like you said, I mean, there's big largemouth up north too. I mean, you just don't have to go to tie to catch largemouth. So, and I think that's becoming more and more of a theme the last four or five years. Everybody's realizing, well, I don't have to just go to tie to catch largemouth. You can catch them up in Missacoy, up in that north end, Rouse's Point. I mean, there's largemouth all over that lake. And so, I'm. I think it's going to be a blast of a tournament. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, Seth Fighter keeps catching largemouth all over the place. Um, that's for sure. Uh, well, he's uh, a different animal, I guess you say. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that it's there's a pretty good odds at this uh, this AOI race at, at any rate. Maybe maybe not the tournament. You never know. But I think the AOI race is probably decided up north because it's so close, and uh, it's you and then Michael Neal and Justin Lucas and. I suspect mm-hmm. all three of you guys will fish up north. I, you know, Lucas and small and smallmouth get along. Neil gets yep. along great with smallmouth. Jacopo in fourth is your wild card. You know, he made a top ten down yep. south last year. I could see him doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mitch. I mean, man, Mitch seems tailor made to run at about eighty miles an hour down to tie or something like yep. that. And then. Spencer in sixth, which is kind of a ways back now after the James, but like you know, he's fishing for smallmouth. Like it's like that's a lock. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. We'll, I mean, uh, that's, we'll see. We just, well, yeah, I mean, we just got to go catch him. I mean, I don't know exactly what the lead is, fourteen or something. I don't know if it's if that means I got to finish fifteenth or better or fourteenth or better. You know, obviously, but you know, if I if I can handle business, then you know it'll be a it should be a good weekend you know but i think we just got to go catch them uh i I can't worry about michael and justin and you know midge occupo i can't i can't worry about all them and what they do i i wish them the best of luck i hope they catch them you know i i hope they all finish in the top 10 and i do as well you know and if i finish top 10 i know that means i'll pretty much have it locked up and then it'd be a hundred thousand dollar one day shootout to win the tournament. Um, but yeah, I'm in a Phoenix. Exactly. Uh, but I, I've got, I've got to worry about myself and what I can control. And that got kind of goes back to the golf deal, you know, just because I might shoot even par one day and it's 600 as a leader. Well, I can't worry about that. You know, I've got to worry about myself and what I can physically and emotionally control and not worry about whether or not they're catching them or not. Because if I, if I catch them, it'll work out. If I don't catch them, it's not going to work out. But it's not the end of the world. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, and I'm, I'm just really blessed, thankful to have the opportunity to be in the conversation. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be fun, exciting, and, you know, I'm ready to get after it for sure. Um, regardless of how Champlain goes, right? Like, I, I mean, I guess barring some kind of true disaster, you are going to finish, you might win AOI, and you're going to finish the year in the top 10 at points, and that'll qualify you for the Bass Pro Tour. Have you thought about 
what your career looks like going forward because to to fish the pro circuit for two years like you know the pro circuit it's a big commitment um and it's a high level of competition but there are plenty of folks in it who it's who's who bass fishing is not their only gig right it's not your only gig what what are you like envisioning your career looks like going forward do you have any idea on that yet um right now i really don't i mean don't get me wrong it's something i've thought about especially a lot here in the past couple of weeks um we do have a family-run business here asphalt paving and uh it that it's gonna be hard to leave that regardless of what i do now whether or not i can fish full-time and do this full-time that's gonna be something to be seen but i mean the future is exciting. Yes, I will. You know, if I happen to qualify in the top 10, um, I hope I do should, you know, but I guess nothing's a lock or guarantee. Uh, but, um, yeah, I will probably accept the invitation and definitely fish the BPT next year. And, um, whether or not I fish both BPT and tackle warehouse, it depends. Uh, but it, it's definitely going to open some doors. I feel like, um, I know in order to do this full time, the whole sponsor deal, you got to have sponsors. And that's something I've really realized in the last couple of years. I mean, you can't just make it out here on winnings alone, I guess you would say. So I've got to learn to play that side of it as well. And that's going to be real beneficial key to making this a long term venture, I guess you would say, whether or not I transfer to a full time fisherman as my only job or if i continue to run the business and fish that that's what i've got to make a decision on i guess with uh my wife and my mom and my brother and you know the people that uh work with me and everything that'll be a decision we'll all have to kind of sit down and make but you know it it's a good problem to have but right now i'm just trying to focus on champlain and then We'll uh, we'll worry about all that other stuff, I guess, once we get back from New York and uh, after we fish the title and go from there, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a good a good strategy. And you know, after the title, like you're gonna have you're gonna have time to make a decision. I think the only kind of the the only thing is you, I mean, after potentially winning AOI after the title you do probably want to make a decision sooner rather than later so you can strike while the iron is hot on the sponsorship front, you know, because that, that seems like that's, that seems like something. And maybe, you know, maybe if you win AOI and you've got the Bass Pro Tour ahead of you, it's easy to say, I should just lean all into this fishing thing and let somebody and, and, and put, and put your, put your other business to the side at the same time. Like, you know, it's your other business that got you there, uh, to a degree. Absolutely. Like you had to, you had to be able to buy a boat in the first place, right? <laughs> um, Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I know, I know what pays my bills and it's not fishing. That was something my dad used to always joke with me about, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to fish or do you want to work? And I'm like, well, why can't I do both? You know, and I'd joke with him. He, he always didn't like that answer, but, uh, at the end of the day, he was very supportive and i know he'd be uh happy for me and everything and i 
I, I know what he would be telling me to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I know where my heart is and it's with both. And it's kind of one of those deals. Cause I know I have like 30 employees, amazing people that, you know, depend on, um, myself for a job. You know, I can't let those people down. Um, not saying it would go downhill if I left cause I'm sure it would keep going just like it did, but it's, it's one of those deals. It's something I have to figure out personally. Um, you know, if I started taking away from the business cause I was gone for so long, then yeah, I would definitely step down if I, if it was hurting. But as of right now, I mean, the company's doing amazing. Uh, they're doing an amazing job while I'm gone. So, you know, there may be an opportunity where I can do both. Um, but that, like I said, right now I'm just worried about Champlain and, you know, with the sponsor stuff, it, it's definitely going to be key. Um, I've definitely got to, like you said, strike while the iron is hot, I guess you would say. But, you know, hopefully all that stuff will work itself out. I know I'm kind of weak on social media and stuff like that, but that I can work on all that. Um, you know, if I was qualified for the BPT, I'll probably be looking for someone to probably run my social media and do all that stuff. So, you know, if anybody out there wants to, possibly do some social media for me hit me up um uh, so yeah i mean it, it'd be interesting um i'm like i said i'm just enjoying the ride and hopefully it won't end after champlain just keep it going well uh i i like the sound of that it's definitely i mean it's been a heck of a ride so far this year man um <laughs> you are cracking up uh, i guess Absolutely. you know we've We've been on the phone for about an hour now, and I think that you probably have things to do. Um, and yeah. uh, I've, yeah, I've got I got some stuff it. to do too. Um, where uh, we got Champlain up ahead, where can folks uh, get their fix of Josh Butler? I know you said your your social media is not, you know, maybe what you want it to be, but it definitely does exist. Absolutely. And Absolutely. maybe they can. Yeah. Maybe maybe they can hire you for some uh, construction or paving or something like that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you can look me up on Instagram at Josh Butler Fishing, and uh, I'm on Facebook. It's just Josh Butler. I don't have a fishing page or anything like that. But uh, yeah, through Instagram at Josh Butler Fishing, I'm there. I respond to messages and everything. But that's where you can find me. All right. Well, uh, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and. Uh, We'll see you up north here in really not too long. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed because Michael Neal doesn't need to win everything, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he mostly does. Yeah, it's kinda, <laughs> exactly. It's hard to stop this guy right now. Um, I can't. Um, he, he just can't seem to lose. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Going to head up there in the morning and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens looking forward to it all right man well thanks for the uh time and uh safe travels and good luck all right jody thanks for having me